Welcome to episode 21 of the Midlife Worthy Moms podcast for the Graceful Empty Nester. We're going to explore the subject of gaslighting, where the term came from, how it's evolved into a term that may be overly used in your own family, and how we can notice if we're gaslighting, how do we prevent others from gaslighting us, and how we respond when we've been accused of it. Are you a mom who's been taken by surprise and finds herself struggling with her adult child? Well, it's time to grab a pen and notebook because I'm about to share some insider information that will help you navigate through this challenging phase. I'm Kim Damon, a mom, a life coach, and an Enneagram coach. I specialize in helping moms of adults in rediscovering the connection with their adult kids. Just imagine mom stepping into a state of drama remission with your adult children. Together we'll build a life grounded in grace and the peace that comes from truly knowing who you are as a midlife woman and a mom. Make sure you visit my website, the link is provided in the show notes, and grab your free course, Thriving in a Divided Family. It's packed with valuable insights. Now, moms, this is a disclaimer. I'm not a psychologist. I'm providing real-life experience research through the eyes of parenting. So what is gaslighting? Well, it's a manipulation of another person using some sort of psychological method into questioning their own sanity or powers of reasoning or their memories, causing confusion. This term first came out in 1944 in a movie called Gaslight, where a husband actually tries to convince his wife that she's going insane by manipulating their environment and insisting that she is mistaken or that she somehow doesn't remember what she's done. For example, if you were to flip on the light and then tell your spouse that they left the lights on, or if you were to move a chair and say it's always been there, that is really a form of emotional abuse. And it's real. It's real in relationships. There are people that emotionally abuse other people. So I do not want to make light of this situation by any means because it is a serious situation. When someone is blatantly lying to you to make you think that something is wrong with you, or if they're denying something even despite the evidence, if they're manipulating you into confusion, then yes, it could be emotional abuse and you need to pay attention to it. But what I've seen over the past probably decade is that the term gaslighting is being overused. We're accusing people of gaslighting. People are accusing parents of gaslighting. And what's interesting about it is simply accusing a person of gaslighting can be considered gaslighting. It can also shut down an otherwise productive conversation. So I think it's worth bringing up in this kind of environment 
because I think enough parents have been accused of it. I think that enough parents have accused their children of it, that it needs to be talked about. So, you know, who does this? Who, who gaslights? Well, in the sense of overusing it and overusing the word, we all gaslight to some degree. We've probably used some of these terms or phrases on our own, like saying, you're crazy. I think I've said that a couple of times in my life, more than a couple times to my kids. Calling someone a conspiracy theorist. Telling someone that they shouldn't be so sensitive. Or telling someone even that they need help can be considered as a gaslighting phrase. I know that's crazy, isn't it? It has evolved into something where we say something that someone doesn't like or we make a comment to them and we're accused of gaslighting. It's an interesting topic, but it's worth noting, especially if you have this in your family or if you've felt that someone's gaslighting you or someone's accused you of gaslighting. So why why do we think it's coming up now? Well, really, it's coming up because we lack the communication skills that we once had. And we've started to believe that disagreement is a threat to us, even a disagreement over just a simple opinion. This can come from many different areas and it can be totally unintentional. Like, for example, we have told our kids over and over again that they need to speak kindly or they need to behave themselves as a form of parenting. Now, all of a sudden, when we say it to them as adults, we are gaslighting. And again, when I talk about giving your kids advice, this is where we kind of have to draw the line for ourselves. We no longer get to tell them how they should talk, how they should behave, We should try to refrain from that. And it's not easy because I've done it. I've done it. And lucky for me, I have a relationship now with my kids because they will say something to me. And I know right away, hey, you've overstepped your boundaries here. You shouldn't be telling your kids what to do or how to think. But for a long time, that was our job. That was our job to raise human beings into productive members of society. So it's frustrating when now all of the things that we've done for 18 years to raise them up to be good people are being considered as a gaslighting term. I think this problem is actually becoming worse because of lack of communication skills that come from a different generation who is all about the tech, texting and communicating in these short little sentences and not really having this one-to-one face contact, not having a full-blown conversation. For example, we took away in school, we took away their recess so they could play with the other kids. So now they're just told what to do in these classrooms. You got to sit down, you got to do your homework, you have to think this way, you have to do these things. And so yeah, communication, this two-way communication has really suffered over the last decade. 
So this problem as it continues, as our communication skills go down, it's possible that this gaslighting problem will actually go up because more and more kids are going to accuse their parents of gaslighting them. They're not used to having conversations. We also don't recognize that we have differences of our memories. If we had a situation happen with a child and they remember it one way and we remember it another way, it's totally normal for a child to remember something different or an adult even not to recall all the facts. So we really have to be careful with some of this. And again, I believe that in the terms that are being used nowadays, we all could be considered gaslighters. So here's some of the gaslighting phrases from an actual therapy site that I saw that I thought were really interesting because our kids are being told this is gaslighting. And you may feel as a mom, this is just standing up for myself, or this is just trying to keep the peace, or this is just trying to create boundaries. So let me read a few of these to you because I think it's really important that you understand that it has evolved into something that was emotional abuse into a totally new direction. So here we go. Don't blame me. I never meant to hurt you. That can be considered gaslighting. That was actually on a therapy site. Or let's forgive and forget. So interesting. How about this one? This is how you treat me after everything I've done? Or how about, why do you always bring up the past? For me, and of course this is my opinion, I believe that these examples that I've just given that were on this therapy site are an overuse of the term gaslighting. I think that the reason why this is happening is that some of these terms that we are using as parents are really telling our children how to behave or how to feel. And as adults, they don't like that. For example, in that first statement, don't blame me. I never meant to hurt you. Now that may be a very true statement, and yet it's perceived as gaslighting. And I think that the reason it might be conceived as gaslighting is because the first part of this statement, don't blame me. Again, we're telling someone else what to do. Or the statement, let's forgive and forget. Again, this is a harmless thing to say, unintentional. You may think that this is going to create a sense of peace in the relationship, just to let it go and let's move on. But you're telling another person, your child, that they just need to forgive and let go of it when maybe they don't want to let go of it. It's so interesting to me that these terms are actually considered a gaslighting term. What we do have to be aware of, though, is maybe some of those statements, if we say them over and over again, and we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. What some of these terms can do and some of the things that we say without really thinking about them 
can be perceived as gaslighting, but it also puts up a huge wall between us and the other person. It puts up this wall of making them feel unsafe when we're saying things like, don't blame me, I never meant to hurt you. Instead of a genuine apology by saying, I didn't mean to hurt you, and leaving the blame out of it, maybe we can overcome some of these things. However, I think that we've all gotten a little too sensitive about it. So what, what can we do? As parents, we can become aware that our kids may have been influenced with this by some respected member of their community. Here are some things that we can do. Just understand that we can have some compassion for the influence that they've had. We can also do a little practice active listening. We can open up the conversation about it if you're accused of gaslighting, and I'm going to give you some practical ideas towards the end of this podcast. Ask for examples, not to refute them, but to understand them. When you're accused of gaslighting, it's really important that you get the phrase that you said. And know, just know that that's a trigger for them, that it made them feel bad. Now, I know that some of the things that I have said to my kids wouldn't make them feel bad, but might make another child feel bad if I were their parent. There are going to be those kids that take it the wrong way. There are going to be those young adults that take it as gaslighting and others that do not. And you could have five children and one is offended by what you say and the other four are not. It all depends on the family. It all depends on the person. But that's why it's so important just to stop and try to understand and have compassion for them and for ourselves. It's honestly ridiculous to think of some of these phrases as being gaslighting. But again, that phrase that I just said could be considered gaslighting. It's like you don't know what to say, so you don't say anything at all. It's very frustrating. But it's very doable if you have someone in your life that has accused you of gaslighting. It's important that you note how you're talking to them. One of the reasons why I highly recommend moms to really manage their emotions and their thoughts is that lies can also be viewed as gaslighting. So if your child views what you're saying as a lie, they're going to consider you gaslighting them. There has to be a piece of us that's open, open to hearing what they're saying and open to what we said and that it could be considered gaslighting. Now, I'm not saying that we go out there and we tell lies, but sometimes we tell ourselves a story about a situation when we're not managing our mind and we're ruminating and we're making things bigger than they should be and doing that to them and verbalizing that can be considered by them an actual lie. 
if we're doing anything to manipulate them or confuse them, it could be gaslighting. If we're doing anything at all to control their behavior, it could be considered gaslighting. When you project your own behavior on another person, like for example, if they are doing something wrong and then you do the same thing, you could be considered gaslighting. Turning others into a victim by maybe telling them that they're crazy or maybe they should just spend a little time by themselves could be considered gaslighting. If I were to tell my child over and over again, it's your fault. It's your fault. You did this. You're the one who created this problem. You are responsible for the breakup of our relationship. Hearing those phrases repeated over and over again can be considered gaslighting and emotional abuse. Now, there's another side of it, another side of gaslighting. It can quickly turn your relationship into a codependent relationship where if you're gaslighting, you're the persecutor and they can become the victim or someone can rescue them and then they become the persecutor again, then the victim and then the rescuer again. And you just keep going in this loop. We've talked about this in the Drama Loop podcast, if you want to go back and reference this. But it's really important to understand that the only way to really stop it is for someone to actually step out of it. And that's the same with the gaslighting. So how do we even recognize the gaslighting? How do we end this cycle of gaslighting. If we're noticing this or if we've been called a gaslighter, if we feel like we've been gaslighted, it's important that we end it. And the way that we end it is don't participate in any kind of name calling or insulting phrases. Notice the words that you're speaking, not only to your child or your spouse or your close relatives, but to yourself. Maybe it's time to create some boundaries, some healthy, loving boundaries for yourself. Just notice that if it's happening to you, that these are just words. Step outside of it. Manage your own hurt feelings instead of considering yourself gaslit. Because I think the more we respond to this gaslighting, the more it hurts us, the more it creates this this block of communication, the more that people do it, especially if they are an emotional abuser. Journal about it. Cross off what's not true about you. Because sometimes when somebody says something to us, as an example, you're always critical of me. Be open to understanding what's true and what's not true. Is this just something that they're saying to make you feel bad? Or is there some truth to it? Consider taking responsibility for what is true. Build trust by just allowing those words and not falling victim to them. If somebody looks at you and says, oh, you're crazy. You don't have to take that to heart. 
you can just explore the possibility that it's their opinion and it's not yours. Don't let it change you. Don't let it creep into your mind telling yourself that you're crazy. Another way that we end it is by listening without fixing or becoming defensive. We can also ask for examples. And again, as I mentioned before, it's so important to get examples of the phrases that you're using that is triggering another person to say that you're gaslighting and to understand it and to avoid it because for some reason, not known to us, it's probably creating a effect on them that we don't quite understand. Now, how can we help ourselves? How can we do this ourselves? Well, first of all, we can be our own worst gaslighting enemy. The same principles can be applied when you are doing all that negative self-talk. So if you're doing this to yourself, if you're telling yourself, I can't be a good mom, I can't do anything right. I remember things so differently. I had nothing to do with this breakdown of communication. It's time for you to start journaling your thoughts and noticing when you're actually shaming yourself or blaming yourself or even blaming other people for your circumstances. Create internal boundaries first. Before you create boundaries for anyone else, you have to create boundaries for yourself. What is okay? What is not okay? What's aligned with your values? What's not aligned with your values? Sometimes we do need to protect ourselves from gaslighting. The first step in protecting yourself is to actually trust your instincts. If something feels off, it probably is. You need to sit down and think about it. Am I overreacting? Or am I just feeling bad because of what they said? Do I need to set a boundary that I will no longer accept that kind of phrase without saying something? And then if you decide that you do want to say something, what are you going to say? Have a plan. Have a plan in your back pocket. So if it comes up again, you can say, you know what? It's not okay for you to tell me that I'm wrong without having the facts. Or you can say, it's not okay to call me that name. It's not okay to say I'm crazy because that makes me feel bad and I'm not okay with it. You can make that request. Practice self-care. That emotional manipulation of another person can be very draining and you need to prioritize yourself when this happens so that you feel good and you reinforce that positive image of yourself. Otherwise, you're going to take it and you're going to internalize it and you're going to start to catastrophize and you're going to think of all of the reasons why it could be true. Again, I think it's really important that we understand when someone is gaslighting us versus they are just saying something that we don't need to pay attention to. For me, if somebody told me I were crazy, I'd probably agree with them, quite honestly. 
Or I would laugh and say something like, you might be right, but this is how I feel. Now that's me, but that might trigger you. Is this something that you can let go of? Or is it something that really bothers you and you need to communicate? Now, I don't know how we really got from a movie in 1944 called Gaslight, where there clearly in the movie was that emotional dysfunction to what we have nowadays, which is really not being able to say anything in a negative, joking way and have it not be considered gaslighting by someone. That's very difficult when you're faced with that. But I think it really took off in the 90s and it's grown ever since. Similar to the verbiage of being toxic or being a narcissist. It's overused. And unfortunately, what has happened is that we have convinced ourselves that these things are true because we repeat them over and over again. Whether it be you or your children who are saying you're gaslighting or they're gaslighting or they're toxic or you're toxic or someone is a narcissist, just open yourself to the fact that It's not diagnosed by a doctor, so is it true? And is it doing you any service at all to think of your kids that way? Or for you to think of any other human that way? If you do feel that you are being gaslit or you are in a relationship with a toxic person, it is up to you to set those boundaries It is up to you to communicate this. It is up to you to have a conversation that protects you. No matter what the cost is, emotional abuse is not okay and should be reported if it's serious. And you should reach out and get help if you think you're in a serious situation where someone is trying to make you think that you're going crazy. But I want you to understand that just because somebody accuses you of it or you accuse another person of gaslighting doesn't mean that it's real. It just means that you didn't like the phrase that they used. Maybe it's something that they use over and over again. So you need to have that conversation with them or they need to have that conversation with you. We can't make anybody feel a certain way. Again, I go back to the example of somebody calling me crazy and I'm like, yeah, I probably am. I don't give it a second thought because I know I'm not crazy. But if they said those words to me a hundred times, I would start being offended by it and I would have to have a conversation with that person. So I think it's important that you understand that there's this huge gap between emotional abuse and just words. And it's up to you to really decide and be open. Is this truly a problem or am I being overly sensitive? Because we can be overly sensitive sometimes. It's up to you to explore in your own family 
If someone has accused you of gaslighting, what is the phrase that might be triggering them? If you're experiencing this, my challenge for you for the week is to go out there and really be open, open to observing it, open to paying attention to it, noticing, is it really gaslighting or is it just words? When we're able to get clarity about these types of problems in our families, we actually begin to live our best lives. And that is what I want for you, my friend. If you're enjoying this podcast and finding value in our discussions, I'd love to hear from you. Take a moment to leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Your feedback is incredibly valuable and it helps other worthy moms just like us discover this podcast. Additionally, if you know another mom that could benefit from our conversations, please share this podcast with her. Together we can create a supportive community of worthy moms. Join me next week for another empowering episode on the Midlife Worthy Moms podcast.